0: KRXO FM and KRXO HD, Oklahoma City. KRXO Claremore, Tulsa. A product of Tyler Media, reaching over 1 million Oklahomans every week. Now, TotallyTickets.com presents the franchise Oklahoma City Thunder first take postgame show on 1077 The Franchise and 1079 The Franchise, Tulsa.
1: What is up, Oklahoma City? What is up, Tulsa? What is up, the entire state, whoever is listening to sports radio on this fine Thursday evening? Welcome in to the Franchise Thunder First Take Post Game Show. We are live down here in Flint Restaurant at the bottom of the Colcord Hotel in downtown Oklahoma City. I am Madison Morris alongside Mr. Brady Trantham. And uh, we have the absolute honor and the pleasure of talking about a Thunder win tonight because they did defeat the Sacramento Kings at 112-108 to 108 in a very exciting, pretty much all uh, second half kind of game here in Oklahoma City. But hey, what kind of Thunder team would this be if it didn't make you sit on the edge of your seat and scream a little bit during the end of the game? So that's exactly what happened, but they did take the win if you guys are out and about here on this lovely Thursday evening it actually feels pretty good outside we had some good weather today so come on over to Flint it is kind of corner to the Chesapeake Energy Arena and people are really filing out right now hey this is a good game worth celebration so come on down to Flint grab some food grab some drinks they always take such a good or they take such good care of me and Brady after every single home Thunder game so Come see us, come say hello, come get food and drinks, and it's a great time to be in downtown. Uh, But anyway, like I said, the Oklahoma City Thunder, they are now in their fifth straight win with a win over Sacramento, and like I did say, uh, also, it was a nail-biter, kind of something to keep an eye on, especially if you are a major Thunder fan. This was a very exciting game. You didn't know how it was going to turn out, but it turned out in a win, Brady, and it was a good one at that and, uh, yeah, this is, a, this is a good Thunder team coming out of that post-All-Star break, and they're doing a pretty daggum good job.
2: This Thunder, this Thunder game, this was supposed to be the perfect symmetrical twin to the Chicago Bulls game where the Kings had a huge lead, the Thunder came back, took the lead in the fourth, but then the Kings won a back-and-forth affair at the buzzer, just like the Thunder did against Chicago. But Oklahoma City, they just had to screw that script up and just go, no, we're just going to go ahead and win. Right. No, like, no, we're the most clutch team in the NBA. No, 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 no. We've got Chris Paul, the most clutch player in the NBA. We don't care that you were leading by 17 with 6.48 to go in the third quarter. We're going to outscore you, Sacramento, 51-30 to the rest of the way to get the 112-108 <laughs> victory. My goodness, this team. This team, this team. You see that sentence a lot on Twitter. This Thunder team. This team. This was a good example of that. Yes, it was. Now, like – the Kings led by 19. I believe that was their largest that lead of was the their game. Largest lead. This is a team, Oklahoma City, this year that's already come back from a 26-point deficit against Chicago a long time ago in Oklahoma City. And then two days later, two nights later, they did, they did it by 24 against the Memphis Grizzlies. So a 19-point comeback, that's just like, oh, that's just old hat. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, who cares? Who cares about that? But no, this was a game that, you know, Madison, about halftime, midway through the third... The defense just wasn't there. The energy level just wasn't there. A lot of slow closeouts to the corner, especially Buddy Heald. He hit back-to-back corner threes, and nobody was within 25 feet of him, which that's silly. Everybody around here should know, please close out on Buddy Heald. That dude can (laughs) get hot, and he especially can get hot in Chesapeake Energy Arena. Um, So you're kind of thinking, at least I was, you know, they had an emotional victory against Chicago where they led by 24, they gave up the lead in the fourth quarter and then won a back-and-forth affair. That's going to happen no matter who you're playing, no matter how bad Chicago is. That's going to happen in the NBA when you play 82 of these things.
1: No, exactly. And, I mean, this team, man, oh, man, they really are fun. And uh, I don't know if it is necessarily that enjoyable for Thunder fans to watch this guy, or these guys either go out there and really play their hearts out but then let a team kind of creep back or if it is just better for the Thunder team to kind of destroy the other team that they're going up against. which was just exactly what they did the first two games coming out of All-Star break. But now they have had the Bulls. They've had the Kings. It has been some nail biters. And, I mean, it's pretty exciting at that because you have some guys performing at a really high level right now. Like, uh, Stephen Adams especially. He has been electric coming out of that All-Star break. He was 7 of 9 tonight with 15 points. Uh, he had 7 rebounds. He only dished out the ball one time. But he... I, I, I don't know. I've just been very, very impressed with the way Stephen Adams has been able to perform. Danilo Gallinari finally got his shot back after starting off a little bit slow. He was 8 of 17 tonight, 4 of 8 from the three-point line. He finishes with 24 as well as six rebounds. And then Shea Alexander kind of coming out of uh, what people may or may not call a little bit of a slump. But he was 8 of 15 tonight, had 20 points. He had three rebounds, three assists. And uh, he even had a block. He was playing pretty well. He was 1 of 3 from the three-point line. And that's exactly what you want to see out of these guys. These are the primary shooters of this team, including Chris Paul and Dennis Schroeder. And uh, when you have guys just, like, making plays all over the place, it's going to become a successful night, and that's exactly what they did. They made some really clutch plays there at the end. This second half was so worth watching because it was exciting. Uh, It was a lot of good chemistry on the court. It was a lot of just smart basketball, which is what you have to do when you're playing guys like Buddy Heald and the Kings. And uh, good for them for kind of making plays out there, Brady.
2: Yeah, and it's all the more impressive when you look at, I mean, the Kings only got to the free throw line 14 times, and that's pretty thats pretty well below average even for NBA standards, but they hit all 14 of them. Yeah. They took 35 three-pointers. Okay, that's this is 2020. I can get that. They've got Buddy Hield. They've got guys like that, Bogdanovich, that can light it up. They hit 34% of that. Ooh, okay, we're getting a little scary. All right, overall they hit 45% of their shots. How is this team up 19? Like the free throws make sense. They only hit 14 of them. Yeah. 35%, 34% from three. That's not, it's not like they were lights out. This just really came down to the Thunder stump not necessarily stumbling out of the gate because in the first quarter, I believe they were up 10 to 4 or 12 to 4. The Kings kind of came back to make it a little bit of a game. It's like, okay, maybe this will be a little bit of a competitive matchup Yeah, for a little bit longer than what Thunder fans thought. Because remember, this is the first night of a back to back. The Thunder are going to be on the road tomorrow night against, oh boy, oh boy, Giannis and Tenacumpo the and the Milwaukee Bucks. If you've ever heard the phrase scheduled loss, it it applies to this. The dictionary (laughs) definition would have this game tomorrow night against the Milwaukee Bucks. But the idea is, no, you take care of this bad Kings team at home so you can potentially rest guys like Danilo Gallinari or Chris Paul or Steven Adams so you can have a better chance with more rested guys tomorrow night against Milwaukee. And then it's just like, nope, that's not going to be the case. Nope. This this Thunder team has defied expectations uh, for the most part for better, but tonight... A little bit for worse because, I don't know about you, Massimo, I got kind of nervous.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure the entire arena got kind of nervous because, I mean, this fan base just saw this team go off to Chicago and almost blow that kind of game, and that was an exciting game to watch, but especially coming back here to Chesapeake Energy Arena, welcoming a Kings team in that is not terrible. They've had some really good wins this season, but, you know, they're not near up to the caliber that Oklahoma City is, and so it's just, you watch games like this and you're like, how in the world are... They letting guys like Buddy Heald, who has a lot of talent. Yes, Alex Lynn, Harrison Barnes, uh, Kent
2: Bazemore. Kent <laughs>
1: Bazemore, man, welcome to Sacramento. Who I my forgot
2: man. was traded to Sacramento. Yeah. I was like, oh yeah, Kent Bazemore. That's that's not bad, but he he was three of twelve. Yeah,
1: I mean, decent decent playing out there. But I mean, here's the thing, Oklahoma City. They they do a decent job taking care of teams when it's like, oh, I, I don't know how this is going to go for the Thunder, but I mean, it'll be a good game. But then. They have games against Chicago and the Kings, where it's like, "Wow, what the heck is this team doing right now?" So it's just, it's interesting, it's fun to watch. I mean, a win is a win, and that's probably what these guys are saying in the locker room as we speak. But Brady and I, we have you here for pretty much like forty-five for as minutes, long as we want. And, uh, yeah, we're gonna stay on the radio. You're stuck all here. You night. think
2: you can change it over to a different station? Guess what? You're but wrong. you
1: can't because this is a great Thunder post-game show, and we are well taken care of by Flint. We are well taken care of by Will Warner back in studio doing a great job producing for us. How are you doing, Will?
2: Doing well. How are you guys doing? Uh, we're doing we are killing we're, it. We're, we're, we couldn't be better.
1: We could not be better. Will, thank you so much for filling in for uh, guys like Matt Burton tonight, who usually is our producer, but we are happy to have Will along for the night. So uh, yeah, people are filling out of Chesapeake Energy Arena right now. People are coming in here to Flint. It's a good time out here. So if you're out and about, come see us. Come shake our hands. Come say hi. Please be nice. But we you can, you do, can touch my hair if you want. Yeah, you can touch Brady's hair. That's that's <laughs> saying a lot. Uh, no, but Brady, anyway, kind of transitioning over a little bit. We've kind of highlighted a few different guys. Uh, there are a lot of guys on the Thunder roster that I do want to give shout-outs tonight. But, Will, we're going to go ahead and fire up that Thunder player of the game so we can talk about it.
0: Now, the franchise Thunder player of the game. Brought to you by Volkswagen of Edmund.
1: You know... I kind of want to – there's, like, two guys who are pretty neck-and-neck for my player of the game tonight, but – It
2: was a well-balanced game, but when you remember the Thunder were down 19 for the vast majority of this game, the the balanced scoring makes sense.
1: Yes. Yeah, and it does make sense, but I think I'm going to give my Thunder player of the game to Danilo Gallinari just because uh, I thought he came out firing. And it was a good
2: bounce-back game for him.
1: Yeah, it was a good bounce-back game for him. I mean, obviously, he did shoot lights out to start the Bulls game, but then he kind of faded off towards the end, and it was that's probably why it got so disgusting out there in Chicago two days ago. But I thought Gallo did well. I already read his stats off a little bit ago, but just to reiterate, he was 8 of 17 tonight. Four of eight from the three-point line, had 24 points and six rebounds. He was four of five from the charity stripe, and I really just thought that Gallo, he had some pretty clutch plays. There was one instance, me and Brady just almost fell out of our seats, where he connected with Dennis Schroeder for a really awesome lob play. I mean, Danilo Gallinari, he's one of those guys that I think Thunder fans are really, really thankful that stuck around because he can make some plays. He can do athletic things out there, and he can pull this team out of a gutter. So good for Danilo, and he is my player of the game.
2: Now, I'll piggyback a little bit off of Danilo just because – you know, coming back from the All-Star break, so like three games coming into tonight, did Gallinari's shooting efficiency? And I know a lot of people might go, what are you talking about? He, he started off 5-for-5 five five in that Bulls game. He was a large part of why the Thunder got up 24 in the first place in that game. That's true. He finished that game 3-of-11. Yeah. And it's a, it's like, okay, well, who cares? Well, the previous two games he was shooting like 4-of-12, 4-of-11, uh, like the shooting efficiency and the scoring just wasn't there to the point to the point that we've become accustomed to with Danilo Gallinari. I actually asked Billy Donovan about it pregame tonight, if there's anything that he's seen because, like digging into like his actual raw numbers, he's also missed in these three games coming into tonight since the All-Star break. He's missed well he's missed well over half of his uncontested shots. Mm-hmm. So. Is it just a bad day at the office, just a bad little streak here or there? Billy Donovan just kind of laughed it off and said, you know, I am not at all worried about Danielle Gallinari. If he shoots the ball, if he's 0 for 6, it's a good shot. Yeah. And tonight was a good little return to form game for him, not just for a quarter like he had against Chicago, but in terms of the entire game. He even had the alley-oop towards the end of the game in the fourth quarter, which I dubbed the dad joke of all alley-oops because he, <laughs> couldn't, he couldn't actually complete it. But it did bounce up straight in the air and then fall through for two points. Danilo right. Gallinari, I think he uh, mouthed to a Dennis Schroeder, who threw the lob. Uh, did I make it? Because he didn't even know. So shout out to you, Danilo. Like, Gallinari. you made it. But I'm going to give my player of the game to Chris Paul. And, again, you look at the scoring. There's nothing really that um, stands out to you. 17 points, 7 assists, only took 11 shots, uh, hit 6 of them. Turnovers only had two, but this was a game that the Thunder needed to win in crunch time. This was a game that the Thunder needed to value every single possession. Um, like I said, they outscored the Kings 50-31 to 31 from the 648 mark of the third quarter on. That's one of team values every possession. Where does that come from? The point god. Yes. Chris Paul. If there's a handful of turnovers in that stretch, the Thunder may not win this game. So I'm going to give Chris Paul the player of the game.
1: I liked what Chris Paul did out there tonight. I mean, there was plenty of times where he just looked like he was most in control. He is the one who's orchestrating these guys out there. He's kind of the one who's pulling them back together. There was one point where Dennis Schroeder, he was pretty excited about a couple of plays, but you just see Chris Paul. It's even the little things that don't have to do necessarily with the game at that moment. But you see Chris Paul kind of reeling these guys back in, really communicating with them out there, and that's what he's been basically saying this whole season is just you got to communicate you got to make sure everybody's on the right page and i think that's why the thunder have been able to pull out these ones like they did in chicago on tuesday like they did tonight here in oklahoma city you have to have a guy out there who really keeps everyone's head on straight and i think that is chris paul so yeah brady you no know, i totally agree that chris paul very clutch player he's doing really amazing things and i mean this has kind of been a conversation as of recently. Is just, you know, why has Chris Paul been so valuable to Oklahoma City? And I think it's because these guys really respect him. This fan base really respects him. And I know I'm kind of, like, getting off the tracks a little bit here and getting into some heartfelt stuff. Well, I mean, but it, I'm just saying, it's, it's Thursday. It is Thursday. But I I am just saying that Chris Paul, he does deserve to be uh, recognized pretty much after every single game for what he does uh, on and off the court for these guys. So, Good on Chris Paul, good on uh, Danilo Gallinari, good on pretty much all these guys, because I think everyone made plays tonight, even guys like Abdul Nader, and uh, that's pretty awesome to see.
2: But not you, Isaiah Roby. I'm just kidding. Shout out Uh, to you, too. You were on the winning team.
1: Hey, he's going to get his shot one of these days. Not you, Muskie, but you know I'm still your biggest fan. I'll cheer for you even on the bench. I
2: know what you're thinking, Madison. If they put Mike Muscala in earlier, they wouldn't have been down 19.
1: Uh, Yeah, they, try to put Muskie on the top of the arc and see what happens. They might have been
2: down 25 because his defensive rating is awful. Okay, right. Well, I'm just – I mean, the numbers say it. I mean – who knows? Come
1: on, now. could have had a good
2: day at the office for all I know.
1: He probably could have, but uh, even guys like Hamidou Diallo were out there making moves. I mean, he did. He went 0 for 2 tonight. So
2: Billy highlighted that Hamidou Diallo was a good little change of pace in terms yeah. of like matching up with their size because he think, he said in the post game that he felt like Harrison Barnes uh, exploited a little um, height disadvantage mm-hmm. against the Thunder, and so putting Diallo out there helped minimize that to an extent. Now Diallo came in. Around that 648 mark, I, I can't remember exactly when he came in. I should have taken a note of it. But basically, watching that game, when Diallo came in, the momentum shifted. Was it all Hamidou Diallo? No, but he played a part into that. When yeah. when Billy goes to Hami, he's going to him for energy. He's going to him to hopefully change some momentum in some sort of way, either athletically with his offensive output or defensively, because he's made strides defensively. And it happened. Like, Billy pressed the right buttons tonight. So shout-out to Billy Donovan as well.
1: Yeah, no, I really liked what Hamidou was able to – do out there tonight because he played really aggressively he did have three rebounds and i'm not even kidding i think a few of those i did take mental note of this i mean if he hadn't snagged that if he hadn't really been quick to the ball then that could have given uh, sacramento a few second chance points and The fact that this game was so close at the end, you don't want to give a good shooting team like Sacramento that kind of opportunity. Because uh, there was just a few times where if they did get that offensive rebound, it probably would have been lights out. And this could have been a very different post-game show. We could have been talking about a loss. So I do think Kamadu Diallo, he did some good stuff out there. He only played a little under 11 minutes. And like I did say, he was 0 of 2. But you know what? He was aggressive. He even picked up a technical... And I enjoy the passion. I enjoy the it was anger. It's
2: a trash technical, it by was the way. Stupid, there, was some yeah. tra- there were some questionable calls tonight. We might talk about that a little bit later. Yeah,
1: we can definitely talk about that later if you guys want to. But you're in luck because we do have two more segments here on the Thunder First Take Postgame show here on the franchise. We're down here in Flint. So if you're out and about in Oklahoma City, come say hello to Brady and myself. And big shout-out to Will Warner back in the studio keeping us on air and uh, yeah, more Thunder basketball talk. We're gonna go ahead and take our first break, but stick with us here on 107.7 The Franchise, 107.9 in Tulsa, and we will be back to talk more Thunder victories.
0: Welcome back to the Oklahoma City Thunder First Take Thunder post-game show, presented by TotallyTickets.com on 107.7 The Franchise and 107.9 The Franchise Tulsa.
1: Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Into the franchise Thunder first take post game show here at Flint Restaurants in downtown Oklahoma City. If you're just now joining us, I am Madison Morris, and I am here with Brady Trantham, per usual. We are always down here at Flint. Shout out to Flint for always taking good care of us uh, after every single home Thunder game. And it is such a good time down here because we get to talk about a Thunder win. People are piling in. People are here to get some late dinner, some late drinks. It is 10 o'clock on a Thursday. Where else would you be other than Flint restaurants underneath the Colcord Hotel? Right here at Caddy Corner Chesapeake. Walking distance, people. So if you're still at the game, uh, it's not being played anymore. So you should probably come here and say hi to us instead. And then come get some food and drinks. Say hi to Kevin, the bartender. He's awesome. And uh, we always give him a good shout-out because he takes such good care of us. He's oh, yeah. so friendly here. So Yeah, there's a lot.
2: People are starting to fill in. We've yeah. got a uh, Kings fam, He's rocking a Buddy Heald jersey.
1: Hey, I respect it.
2: Who doesn't like Buddy Heald?
1: Who doesn't like Buddy Texas Heald? fans
2: and some Oklahoma State fans, but not all of them. <laughs> there's a particular OSU fan... <laughs>
1: So anyway, we are moving (laughs) on. We are moving on to uh, this game. Actually, before we get back to a little, we have not like tons to talk about this game because, yeah, great win, but we still have some more. Uh, I want to kind of fire up the NBA scoreboard real quick because we're going to talk about some other games that happened. Not a lot happened, but we'll keep going.
0: For an NBA scoreboard update brought to you by Oklahoma Operation Lifesaver.
1: Awesome. Okay, so starting off in indianapolis the indiana pacers took on the portland trailblazers and had a close one but a fun one and they defeated the blazers on their home court at 106 to 100 demontis sabonis former thunder great might i add led the way with 20 points 11 rebounds four assists and hassan Whiteside, right side he is the dominant center for the, the trailblazers had 18 16 rebounds and he did have one steal just not enough and came up about six points short
2: yeah can we all right i'm gonna do this right now can we put a fork in the trailblazers now like no they are not Uh, they are no longer postseason eligible i don't want them as the eighth seed if memphis just straight up loses it which they could very well start doing brandon clark's going to be out for the foreseeable future they've lost a handful of games over the last eight or nine uh they're not looking they're not trending in the right direction so if it's not Memphis, if New Orleans keeps winning, just put Zion in the 8th spot. We want it, you want it. Your sister who doesn't care about the NBA wants it.
1: <laughs> they want it.
2: Yes, everybody wants it.
1: They want it. This has honestly been so disappointing because I actually do kind of like the Portland Trail I mean, they're not they're, they're not
2: they're hard to hate. They're hard to it. hate. Unless I just
1: I like the organization. I like the guys who play for them. Obviously, everyone knows I'm a giant Carmelo Anthony fan. So Portlandia is see, a funny
2: show. I
1: want to see them do well. Obviously not doing too well. They They've only won 10 road games this entire season, and uh, they do pick up a 21st loss on the road tonight in Indianapolis. But, hey, what are you going to do?
2: Hey, Madison. What? You remember when Dame ended the Thunders franchise?
1: Uh, <laughs> how <can> I forget? <laughs> I was watching it with you. And tears, for multiple different reasons, were shed after that game. Oh, yes. Multiple different.
2: Such a mo- much more innocent time. <laughs>
1: I know, right. But switching over to the East Coast, in Philadelphia tonight, the 76ers got a nice little 115-106 to 106 win over the New York Knicks, who are having an even worse season than the Portland Trailblazers. The
2: Sixers did it without your boy.
1: They did. They did. Poor Joel. He is, uh, what is it, like a shoulder or something? Yeah,
2: he's going to be out for, I believe, the uh, prognosis was there was no no structural damage. I that came out around halftime. There you go. And so he's going to be out for a little over a week.
1: Hey, Well... So
2: nothing too bad, but Ben Simmons is also going to be out in that time as well.
1: Well, let's... Fire up the fighting Tobias Harris's then and see, uh, Get see what the Sixers can do. And he did. That's what they did. He actually led the way for the Sixers at 34 points, seven rebounds, and seven assists. Meanwhile, Julius Randle was the leading scorer for the Knicks at 30 points, 10 rebounds, and five assists. And let's be totally honest, Julius Randle is probably the one player everyone knows over in New York right now because the Knicks, yikes, they're not having a good season at all at 17 and 42 and they're 9-22 and on the road, obviously picking up that 20-second loss in Philadelphia tonight, so bummer. The other game that is going on tonight is actually still in progress because it is a late one over in uh, San Francisco. The Los Angeles Lakers didn't have to go too far. They are battling against the Warriors right now. And actually, the Warriors have a lead at 21-19, but nobody get too excited. There is about two minutes left in the first quarter, so this game has really not done much at all.
2: And there's also no LeBron James.
1: No LeBron James. Oh, snap. Wait, why? What's happening?
2: Um, I actually don't know. Might be a load management type deal. Mm.
1: Well, you gotta do what you gotta do. But right now, Anthony Davis is leading the way, so at least they still have one star. Just kidding. That whole team is full of stars. He has eight points, one rebounds, and he has stolen the ball twice. And uh, meanwhile, I love calling this guy Dragon Bender. What is it, Dragon? Dritz Dragon. Dragon? It really is Dragon? Yeah. That's phenomenal. Just he is leading the way for the Warriors at four points and two rebounds.
2: The Dragon.
1: That's incredible. Whoever his parents are, I just want to give them a... Yeah, he's from
2: Eastern Europe somewhere.
1: Of course he is. There's no American named Dragon.
2: Well, not yet, Madison.
1: Not yet. But uh, honestly, those are the only three games that happened in the association besides the Thunder which obviously took the 112-108 to win over the Sacramento Kings. And we can kind of transition back to that because this is kind of a topic of conversation. Meanwhile, I'm seeing the reflection of the Thunder Post game on the television in the window of Flint, and Danilo Gallinari is wearing a turtleneck. Shout out, Gallo. Anyway. It's 70
2: degrees outside, Madison.
1: I know, it's insane.
2: Would you do this?
1: Yes, I would.
2: Explain your turtleneck uh, fetish thing.
1: So my turtleneck fetish thing is uh, the fact that I started wearing a lot of turtlenecks, kind of, the start, I don't know. At the start You're of the a trendsetter, we get it. I mean, I am an influencer it. on the no. rise. Okay. But I started wearing a lot, and I made the realization that some of the Thunder players were starting to wear them a lot, like Dennis Schroeder, Danilo Gallinari for sure, musky. And uh, I believe I've seen Shay wear a couple as well, so that excites me. And so uh, I kind of started this whole hashtag turtleneck gang thing. And it took off in my own mind. I don't know. I just kind of put it on social media. Oh, it's
2: it's gone national. I got
1: a giggle. So it's not an ESPN yet, but just stay tuned. We'll see what happens. Anyway, I love turtlenecks, and I love the fact that these guys are wearing them, even though it's actually somewhat warm outside. But anyway... We'll get back to this game now because no one wants to hear about turtlenecks. They want to hear about the fact that a Hot Topic is kind of rising around the thunder right now, and it's...
2: Oh, you can get turtlenecks at Hot Topic?
1: (laughs) You probably can't. Oh, my. Tis the season. I believe they have all their summer things out now. But anyway, this is kind of a conversation I wanted to bring up with you, Brady, because I heard it on a few of the shows here on the franchise a few few different times today. And uh, it's... Okay, the Thunder, they played lights out coming out of the All Star Break, but then they kind of got a little too close for comfort the past two games. Is this something that team, like, I mean, this kind of happened at the, like, before All Star Break when they, yeah, they had that,
2: that four-game stretch. Well, they were
1: digging themselves out of holes a couple of times. And people yeah. are like, wow, this is exciting because they know how to fight. But it's like, yeah, but they got themselves in that position to start. So is that, like, really something to be excited about? So, Freddie, I wanted to get your take. Is this kind of an exciting thing for the Thunder? Or is it more of a, wow, this really needs to be cleaned up and cleaned up fast? Well, no. I mean, it's it's
2: always a good thing in the NBA when you win. Now, having to scratch and claw on the road against Chicago when you've led by 24 throughout most of that game, that's... There's trouble there, but winning on the road is hard in the NBA, no matter who you're playing. I mean, yes. I remember great Oklahoma City Thunder teams led by Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook that were competing for championships. They go on the road to D.C. to go play a terrible Warriors team, and they lose. I mean, mm-hmm. th- those things just happen. So, what you always fall back on when you have a kind of a, a disappointing close to a game is you just go back and watch every other game prior, and that's what we've done all year, Madison. And you get, your, you get your answer there. Like, is there concern? No. This team is clutch. This team performs in the clutch. They did against Chicago when they had every right to just say, we blew it. It's not our night. We're on the road. We're tired. Let's go home. Yeah. They could have packed it in. They didn't. And they could have very well done the same thing this game in the opposite end and just, like, coming out of halftime. You know what, guys? Uh, maybe this is just our karma for blowing that uh, <laughs> lead in Chicago and winning a game that we probably should have lost. Maybe this is just the karma um, but the sad thing about that is, is like you got Giannis to look forward to tomorrow on the mm-hmm. second half of back to back on the road. So it, it's good. It's never a bad thing to loo- uh, to win. It's never a bad. It's never a concerning thing at all, especially when you take care of business at home. And now the Thunder can, are basically going to be able to play with house money tomorrow night against yeah. Milwaukee. Now, the interesting thing to see is Danilo Gallinari going to play tomorrow. Yeah. And the reason why I bring that up is because the last five times, the Thunder have had the second night of a back-to-back this season. Danilo Gallinari has not played in those second night of back-to-backs. Now, that was, of course, before the trade deadline. There could have been the idea of... Now, he was always listed as like out with like knee soreness or an ankle injury. Well, guess what? Ankles are hurting right now. Everybody's knees are sore. My knees are sore. I'm sti- My
1: ankles are hurting. I'm
2: standing or sitting all day working for the franchise. My knees are sore. Now, not as sore as Danilo Gallinari, but Again, like low, I can't get load management out of my mind. But the trade deadline is gone; they no longer have to like kind of wrap him up in bubble tape because they could trade him potentially, or they may not want to because Danilo Gallinari, over his career, is kind of an injury risk. Right. Are they just going to go all in at this point? This is the team they're rolling with from here on out, this season at least. Are they going to go all in and just have Danil Garner play tomorrow? But again, back to your original question, Madison, there's nothing really concerning. They're winning. They're on a four-game or a five-game winning streak, excuse me, going back to pre-All-Star break. They beat New Orleans and Zion on the road. They beat Denver at home. They thrashed the Spurs. They beat Chicago on the road. They beat Sacramento at home. This is a good team that takes care of business. Yeah. And I know it's going to be a scheduled loss tomorrow night going into the game. That's the thought process amongst fans. Yeah. But this is a Thunder team that I, if they win in Milwaukee, it'll be shocking because no one beats Milwaukee this year. Right. But I really wouldn't put it past this team to go do it because this team has defied expectations all season.
1: Honestly, I wouldn't put it past them either because that's something exciting uh, to think about just because – I'm. I totally agree with what you just said about that. A win's a win, and I've always kind of thought that way. And I think there ha- there are some people out there who say, "Well, okay, yeah, they won the game, but it was so ugly, and they had to claw back, and they had to do all this and that and the other." And okay, but yeah, they they still won the game. They still put together a really good uh, finishing performance to claw out that win. And I think that does say a lot about a team, and especially about this Thunder team is that they're able to get it done. And so they did that tonight. They did that in Chicago. They obviously, what Brady just said, they put the wrath on San Antonio because San Antonio gave them an embarrassing loss before the All-Star break. Denver, who is a two-seed right now, is a great team, has a lot of good talent, led by the Joker, is obviously... That's a great win right there here in that happened right here in Oklahoma City. And so it's just, you know what? A win is a win. And so I'm excited to see what they can do in Milwaukee. It might be a scheduled loss, but who knows? Because this under team has done nothing but surprise everyone this entire season. And if it does happen, it's fine. They have 37 wins right now. They just got to the fifth seed. Uh, pretty much last night after Utah dropped a game, and so it's kind of a, an exciting time for the Thunder fans to uh, pay attention to basketball.
2: Yeah, I mean the easiest example to like basically show the opposite of the answer that we gave on your question, Mass, And like, is it concerning to have like all these kind of head scratching wins? If this was last year's team, yes, it would be concerning because that last year's team um, after the thirty seven and twenty start. Now around this time. The, the Thunder went 37-20. They won that exciting double overtime win against Utah last year. And then they followed up with a second night of a back-to-back at home against the very same Sacramento Kings team right. and lost to them. From that point on, and, yes, Paul George was hurt. From that point on, it was a different Thunder team. But the team before that with Camaro Anthony, that team that could never beat bad teams, but they could destroy the Golden State Warriors, they could beat LeBron James and embarrass him in Cleveland, but they couldn't beat bad teams. Like, if that team rolled into this game and won and you asked me that same question, yes, that would be concerning. But, again, this team is clutch. This team does all the little things correct. The hustle is unquestioned uh, on a night-in, night-out basis. There's only one game this season where I questioned – the hustle and it was only for one quarter and it was against the lakers in oklahoma city when lebron danny green and anthony davis did not play lakers just out hustled the thunder in the first quarter that's the only time that that's happened in my opinion to this team yeah so all the little things are there they put themselves in position to win games so i'm not concerned one bit going into milwaukee if they lose tomorrow it's just because milwaukee's the best team in the league
1: well they are good they have a lot of talent they're playing good basketball obviously they have the best record in the entire league it's just, you know what, if the Thunder are going to go out there and they're going to lose Milwaukee, it's not the end of the world. But you know what, if they can keep it a tight game, like they've pretty much done all season with every single team except for maybe two games, it's still good basketball, it's still exciting to see. This Thunder team, no, they're not going to be probably a title contender this season, but, I mean, what do you expect? They're exceeding all expectations right now. They're a fun team to watch. People are having a good time at games. Chesapeake is starting to get a little bit more full than it was at the beginning of the season, so I think they're really doing their job. And so that's a really cool thing, and... Uh, I don't know, Brady. It's been a cool season covering the Thunder so far.
2: Oh, it's been fun.
1: It's been fun. There
2: have been less than stellar ge- seasons to cover this team, oh but gosh, either, this ever. is not one of them. No. The Russell Westbrook year when he won the MVP was fun for a lot of different reasons other than just like, oh, sustainable basketball yeah. for a long postseason <laughs> run. Now, is this Thunder team going to go far in the postseason? Probably not. Probably but not. Every little game, every little possession is going to be its own little fun journey, and I'm excited to see how this team finishes out. Now they've got to go, what, 14-10 and 10 Yes. the rest of the way to win potentially 50 games, something that hasn't been done since 2015-16 when they went 55 and yeah. whatever as the third seed and eventually lost to the Warriors three uh, with a 3-1 lead. Sorry about that, Thunder fans, but it's been a while since this franchise has seen 50 wins, and wouldn't you know it, it might be this year with Chris Paul and Danilo yeah. Gallinari.
1: Oh my gosh, wouldn't that be a joy, but they could really do it. I mean, if they have to get 14 more wins, I'm kind of looking at the rest of their schedule. We're going to go over that in the third segment that we have coming up here in a minute. But I'm looking at the schedule, and it looks totally doable. It's all seems that they have faced before. It's, uh, it's some pretty good matchups, but it's going to be an exciting thing to see them moving forward. So with that being said, we are going to take our second break here in just a second. Uh, But real quick shout-out to Flint one more time because they have been awesome. They've taken great care of Brady and myself. We've been here since halftime of this game, and it's always fun to come down here, get some drinks, get some food, visit with the bartenders. They're always super nice. Their wait staff is fantastic, and they do a great job taking care of each and every person who walks through those doors. So if you're still out and about on this Thursday night here in downtown Oklahoma City, come to Flint. Come say hi. Come shake our hands. We love to meet new people. And so... Yeah, we'll be talking Thunder basketball for at least 20 more minutes, so stick with us here on The Franchise, and we will be back on 1077 and 1079 in Tulsa.
0: Welcome back to the Oklahoma City Thunder First Take Thunder postgame show presented by TotallyTickets.com on 1077 The Franchise and 1079 The Franchise Tulsa.
1: Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back. We are in our final segment here on the Franchise Thunder First Take Post Game Show here at Flint in downtown Oklahoma City. And uh, this is always our place after every single home Thunder game.
2: Yeah, we saw it first.
1: Yeah, we saw it first. You can't have it. No, but we're here after every single home Thunder game here at Flint with our favorite wait staff in all of Oklahoma City. They take such good care of us, so big shout-out to them uh just thank you so much for the food thank you so much for the drinks it's always a good time and people are still out here so if you're out and about come say hi come say hi to myself and brady come say hi to the bartenders come say hi to the wait staff there's a lot of good people in here and who are willing to do just about anything you need them to do
2: this place is so cool that tayshawn prince came in here once you remember that
1: i do remember that that was really cool yeah it's like
2: man Man. Future NBA Hall of Famer, or is he an NBA Hall of Famer? I can't remember. I really I bet Jerry Ramsey knows.
1: I bet Jerry Ramsey does He's know. He's got a
2: Tayshaun Prince... Altered his house.
1: <laughs> also, I forgot to let you guys know that if you are just now tuning in and you miss pretty much the entire show up until now, you are in luck because Brady and myself, we pretty much do every single Thunder post game show now, and it does double as our OKC82 podcast, which is a podcast we started last season, and we do it after every single home and away Thunder game. So we are going to rip this audio. We're going to cut it, and it's going to be put up as our OKC82 podcast, where which you can pretty much find on anywhere that you listen to podcasts, Brady?
2: Yeah, it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, anything that you listen to people telling you things That's via a podcast it. format. Just type in OKC eighty two, subscribe to it, and it's it's good little, good little fun thing to listen to. And you wake up the next morning and you want to like relive the Thunder victory or the anger inducing <laughs> loss, of course.
1: But the next morning on
2: your ride to work,
1: you're in luck because it won't be an anger-inducing loss because the Thunder defeated the Sacramento Kings at one twelve to one hundred eight tonight. And we have been talking about some pretty positive things this entire show. So, uh, when was the last time we, we did a post-game show
2: like kind of disappointed?
1: Oh gosh! I mean, was it
2: the Spurs game?
1: Probably just because that was ugly. I mean,
2: that's it's disappointing to lose to this Spurs team. It's disappointing the way that they lost it. You know, the Thunder yeah. missed a ton of shots at the rim in that first half, put themselves in such a hole that they, they came back and made it a game in the fourth quarter like they always do. They just can't get over the hump.
1: Yeah, just But at the end of the
2: enough. day, it's Greg Popovich and the Spurs. And if yeah. you're going to have a disappointing loss to a team that you're better than, I would personally want it to be the, the Spurs. It's yeah. like, okay, I can respect that. Um, Russell Westbrook, who hates losing, by mm-hmm. the way, mind you. I don't know if anyone knows that. But he always seemed to have a realistic attitude the only times – that he would lose to San Antonio, he'd be like, you know what? We lost to a good team. Yeah. We lost to a good team. <laughs> that's and that's true. that's respect. So that is respect. It's, it's... I can't really remember the last time we did a, a show truly disappointed in the Thunder's performance.
1: Yeah, because I wasn't necessarily disappointed. I don't think we, like, trashed him too much on that San Antonio loss because that was the last loss that the Thunder did take. Uh, the one prior to that was that Boston one. It was just a one-point deficit at the final buzzer. And, and honestly, they're, they're a title
2: contender. Yeah.
1: Boston's a good team. They're probably going to be the team that does make it out of the East. And so... Them coming to Oklahoma City and Oklahoma City just losing by one point, that's not really that disappointing. And so even before that, it goes all the way back to January 27th, which was against Dallas here in Oklahoma City.
2: And Chris Paul wasn't in that yeah, game. Yeah,
1: Chris Paul was not in that game. And honestly, I, he was, I don't even remember being that disappointed about that one.
2: No, he was. Chris Paul was away from the team. He was in L.A. with his family, grieving. That was the day after Kobe Bryant passed away, unfortunately, and right. grieving from that loss. Um, not having the leader on your team on short notice – Bit, especially against Dallas, who's incredible on the road and woefully average at home. Maybe and they've got ever. Luka Doncic and Chris Esporzingis. Yeah, you lose by 10 at home.
1: Yeah. I can understand
2: that. There, there, there are a lot of caveats with yeah. some of these losses.
1: Honestly, long story short, Brady and I have probably not done a disappointing post game in a very long time because the Thunder team, they haven't been disappointing people. They've been the, playing at a high-energy level, and it's been fun.
2: The Miami Heat, that's probably it. January 17th yeah. the Heat came into town 115-108. The Heat are kind of like Dallas, the opposite I should say. The Heat are very very good at home. They're a little below average on the road. Yeah. But the Heat came in and just smacked Oklahoma City. They never really had a chance. They they, own, they won 115-108, but yeah, I mean that's all the way back in the middle of January. This team does not have a lot of disappointing performances. They don't win every game. They win more than their fair share. They're 37 and 22 right now. Oklahoma City at their Highest point last season, they were 17 games over 500 at 37 and 20 after yeah. defeating Utah in that double overtime win in Oklahoma City when Paul George split the defenders, hit the game hit the game winning shot at the buzzer. That was the best they got all season long. And yeah. for the Russell Westbrook Paul George show, that was the the pinnacle. Yeah. And this this Thunder team, yeah, Madison, you and I don't think they're going to go to the finals or the Western Conference Finals uh, no. for that matter, but. Whatever this team ceiling is, they're still climbing towards it, yeah. and that's exactly what you want to do at the end of February, going into March. There's only nine more home games left for Oklahoma City, and yet they're still climbing. They're, they haven't peaked, I don't think so. No, they've they've dipped already. They dipped on that five and ten start, and once they figured it out, they've continued to climb. And this is a team you don't want to play in the postseason, no matter who yeah. you are. No,
1: I. Can you really can agree.
2: probably beat them but they will make you work for it. You yes. don't want to work in your first-round victory.
1: <laughs> no, you don't, because uh, I think we kind of saw that with Portland last season because they did have to work against Oklahoma City, but it just did not go well from them, uh, for them from there. And so kind of looking ahead for the Thunder because, like Brady said, they are still climbing. They're still having some great games. I cannot believe there's only nine home games left. That did not register to me until you just said that out loud. I know, and
2: it's only two months, March, April. Yeah, it's already and- March.
1: Welcome to March Madness, <laughs> it's NBA going, edition.
2: It's going to be fun. This is going to be a fun end of the regular season, which could potentially lead to the most important end of regular season game in Thunder history because they take on Dallas on the road. Oh, yeah. And depending on where the Thunder are, where everybody else is in the Western Conference, where Dallas is, a lot could be riding on that game, yeah. and that would be for the series lead uh, this season. The Thunder and the Mavericks have split this year, so it's leading towards a potential exciting ending unless the Thunder just keep winning and Dallas just kind of keeps like winning and losing here and there. It won't matter yeah. at the end of
1: the day. No, and it's kind of funny how this is set up just because the last home game of the season is on April 13th against the Utah Jazz. And uh, that's always a fun matchup, regardless of who's on either roster, just because of the uh, like the history these two teams carry playing against each other. So
2: the Jazz are the Jazz are a, they're not a dumpster fire, but they're weird, and they're trending they towards weird. dumpster fire.
1: <laughs> no, they really are kind of weird. So uh, shout out to the Jazz, kind of doing their thing and pushing the Thunder back into the fifth, but. Kind of what I said and teased a little bit in the previous segment. We are going to look ahead. Obviously, we've already broken down that Milwaukee game. That is going to happen tomorrow night. Brady and myself will be back on the radio doing post-game, but this time it just will be from the radio station since they are on the road. But after that, they're coming back home. They're going to have, what is that, four days off before they return on Tuesday, March 3rd. And that is when the Los Angeles Clippers come to town.
2: Will Kawhi play this time? Will Paul George play?
1: Who knows who's going to play for the Clippers? Now, the last time the Thunder Very had the
2: last time the Thunder had four days off, they did win against Cleveland, but man, was it ugly. And then they yes. followed that up with an ugly win against Detroit. Yeah. But I mean, like you said, Madison, like looking ahead. There's, a, there's some pretty tough games, and I know I kind of threw Utah into like a weird little category of like, I don't really like what I'm seeing, but at the end of the day, their roster is pro- is way more talented than Oklahoma City's from just an up-and-down standpoint. Um, but not only do the Thunder have Milwaukee on the road tomorrow, they got the Clippers, like you said, on Tuesday in Oklahoma City. They didn't have a second night of a back-to-back the following night against... Jerry Ramsey's Detroit Pistons the on the road, Pistons. but that's again, that's a game on the road. That's going to be have its own. That's going to present its own challenges. And then the Knicks. <laughs> oh no! Is this the first time they play the Knicks all season? Oh yes. Oh, <laughs> Brady laughs. Brady, laughs. oh man, they're the so Knicks bad. are
1: they're so bad. They're so bad. They're they not are not. Oh, they're not oh, so good. Bad. They're not very good. They are not good. But then
2: the Thunder are on the road again against Boston, and they come back to Oklahoma City for Utah. Like this is a potentially. Not a fatal stretch, but all this ground that Oklahoma City has gained, getting the fifth seed in uh, with Utah's loss last night to Boston. You know, losing to like I could see the Thunder losing to Milwaukee, losing to the Clippers, yep. losing to the Celtics, and maybe sp- losing one of these three against Utah, the Knicks, or the Pistons. Yep. two of those are on the road, so um, it, it it's going to be interesting to see what this team can do. And having said all that, the Thunder could win most of these games, of course. That wouldn't shock me. Um, If they lose uh, the majority of them, they're probably going to be in all of them, and they're not going to be embarrassing. So it's going to be an interesting five-game stretch for this team.
1: Honestly, the element of surprise is at an all-time high for this Thunder team just because, like Brady said, anything can happen. With three straight road games, I do agree. I feel like at least one of those is going to be a loss, potentially two, just depending on how they show out. I don't think that Knicks game is going to be a loss at all just because, oh my goodness, the New York Knicks, they are so dismal. But... You know, anything can happen, and so I'm kind of eager to see how it's going to go with the home stretch of Utah and Minnesota. Obviously, they have three more road games after that before returning back home for, for uh, the Nuggets on March 20th, so that's going to be a fun one to keep an eye on. Obviously, uh, this the remainder of the schedule for the Thunder, it's kind of teeter-tottery. It's not, like, a lot of hardcore talent because they are finished with teams like the Lakers. Um, I don't believe, no, they don't face the Bucks again, and so it's mainly a lot of, like, Atlanta, Memphis, Washington, Minnesota. And I don't want to just throw these teams under the bus, but right now the Thunder, they put themselves in a great position to kind of, I I wouldn't dare say like cruise along because that's not at all what they need to do. They need to work hard and they need to bust their ass a little bit. But what they do need to do is keep playing at the high energy and the caliber that they're playing right now because it's been so successful for them. They've had some great wins. Obviously what we said, they're on a five-game winning streak right now, so they have been really playing some good basketball, very smart basketball, and they've been utilizing different guys in different positions, which has been working for them. So I feel like if guys like Shea alexander Danilo Gallinari, and Steven Adams can keep playing the way that they're playing right now, it's going to be successful for them in the long run. And uh, I'm kind of eager to see how they can perform at the end of the season because, ooh, I actually lied. They do play Los Angeles one more time. But yeah, they've got a
2: back-to-back whatever. against both L.A. teams in Honestly, April.
1: I can't read. I don't know why they let me on the radio. But... It'll be interesting to see Brady. I'm just, uh, I'm eager to see it. And I'm pretty pretty impressed with the way that they've been playing up, uh, coming out of All-Star break.
2: No, um, it, it's, it's, it's going to be interesting just because, like, what you were talking about, like, the Thunders, like, their style of play, like, one of the reasons why a lot of people, in addition to this team being successful, winning a lot of games and exciting a lot of people in the NBA... One of the reasons why Thunder fans are liking this team is because they play consistent, easily transferable brand of basketball. That team mentality that you're talking about, led by Chris Paul, you've got team basketball players like Stephen Adams, Shea Gil, Alexander, Janelle Gallenari. You've got your 6 Man of the Year candidate and Dennis Schroeder, who can light it up with the best of them. Like all these things, all how they play is so easy. It's so easily dependable and reliable from game to game. And so when they get into the postseason, like they're not a team like Houston where. Your best case scenario is maybe we get hot. Now, of course, the Thunder could get hot, and that could help your chances in winning, but you always know that the Thunder are going to play the right way. They're going to bring it on the defensive end. They're never really going to be embarrassed in terms of a game-to-game, like in a game-to-game mindset. They're always going to come prepared. They're not going to shoot themselves in the foot, Mm -hmm. and that alone gives them a chance to just win any game. On top of that, they've got Chris Paul, who's the most clutch player in the NBA. Look at all the numbers. He is by far the most clutch player in the NBA. They've got a half-court scoring savant in Danil Gallinari. They've got an up-and-coming superstar in Shea Gillis-Alexander. They've got, like I said, the Sixth man of the year candidate in Dennis Schroeder. And then a slew of role players who all season long, when they've been called upon, have stepped up due to, because someone else is hurt, because somebody is resting. No matter what, everybody on this team has answered the call. So this is a team, like I said, you do not want to play them. You could very well beat them yeah. if you're a top three seed and you draw the thunder. But, man, will you have to work for it. And Yeah, you will. You, like in a grind of a postseason that lasts from all the way from mid-April to the end of June if you win the championship in the finals – you don't want to be working your tail off right. in the first round fighting against the basketball IQness of the Oklahoma City Thunder.
1: <laughs> hey, real quick, big shout-out to Will Warner Thank back you, in Will. studio, keeping us on the air tonight. You have been so awesome, and I'm being a total Jerry Ramsey right now and kind of uh, helping you produce over the air. We're going to go ahead and do our Stack hat segment, which is there, uh, still in that same folder, and I'm, I'm going to let you set it up real quick, but... We are gonna kinda go back to this game just real quick, just so we can go ahead and put the icing on the cake, and that will be it for our post-game show. So Will, go ahead and fire it up for us. What's new, Oh boy, that never gets old. But Anyway, let's talk some good stats tonight, and I do kind of want to point out um, just a few of them because this has kind of been a trend I've seen. You can only pick one, Madison. Okay, well, okay. Well, (laughs) so the one that I do want to point out is a trend that I have been seeing with this Oklahoma City Thunder kind of as of late, and I feel like a lot of these teams that have come into Chesapeake especially have been very reliant on shooting from the uh, the through- the oh my gosh the three-point line it's getting later i cannot even No, it's fine i get so tongue tied but this oklahoma city thunder team has done a really good job forcing these other teams to come in and shoot for the three-point line and that's exactly what uh sacramento has done that is what denver did that is what a bunch of other teams that have been coming in especially after all-star break have done and it's been kind of a reliant for them and so tonight I love the fact that Oklahoma City, they did shoot 9 of 26 from the three-point line. Didn't look too good, but they did only take 26 shots. This Thunder team last season was taken in like the 40s, Brady, and they were taking like 42, 46 three-pointers. I love the fact that this team is kind of – Settled more into the paint, they fed guys like Steven Adams, Nerlens Noel when he's in, especially even Mike Muscala when he gets his minutes, and even guys like Danilo Gallinari. Yes, he's been a great three-point shooter this entire season, but he still has some pretty good shots there in the paint. So my stat is tonight the Thunder only took 26 three-point shots compared to Sacramento's 35. I thought that was a smart move by them, and that's going to be my stat cat.
2: Well, I've already said my stat cat. I think twice. It's going to be the 50 to 31. Uh, scoring output Oklahoma City had against Sacramento from the 6.48 mark when they were down 78-61. That's only a 17-point deficit. The, The Kings' largest lead of the night was 19. But at that point, it was just looking like, all right, if the Thunder are going to do it, this is their last chance. It's around the time Billy Donovan in, uh, inserted Hamidou Diallo. Chris Paul even talked about in the locker room. I got this video from uh, our very own Ryan Chapman, who's in there with Derek Parker doing some great work for Shout the franchise. Out Ryan and Derek. Um, Chris Paul highlighted Hamidou Diallo's athleticism and his energy and what he was able to bring to the table in terms of matching and balancing out that 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 height mismatch that Sacramento tried to exploit all game long. Chris Paul's like, "What Hami does for us, it's not going to show up in the stats, stat sheet, but we felt it tonight." Uh, so, dynamite quote from Chris Paul. But that. that played into the 51 to 30 scoring uh, output over Sacramento that the Thunder had, and they needed every single bit of it because you know they only won 112 to 108. But yeah. man, finishing on a 22 to 4 run in the third quarter, bleeding that into a 24 to 4 run by taking a two point lead early in the fourth quarter, it gave the Thunder hope once again, gave Thunder fans hope that they could come back and win this game, and they were able to close it out.
1: And that is exactly what they did. They and the it's side. Jerry Ramsey. Jerry, oh hello. my! It is
2: Jerry Ramsey. Here's oh a gosh. headset for you, sire.
1: Are you requesting to be on our show right now? Yeah. It's, Look, put this is put like your, your diet soda right down, down sir. That's the wrong way. There you go. Yes, there you go.
3: I feel weird. Like, because Brady's doing his whole standing up thing. Yeah, and so I'm trying to find well, a place. To where are you? Honored? I can sit down. So
1: you need to sit down and
3: do whatever. No, listen. I've heard that you guys are doing an excellent job on this post game. Uh, you're doing fantastic.
2: You would be, correct. and so I had to come and ruin that.
3: Well, thank so, you. Well, of course, <laughs> I, I love like, that. It's is funny. it because
2: we talked about Tayshawn Prince showing up to Flint one night? <laughs> I, you know, I really was like, he, was he here? Is he here? Guys? I was so pumped about that, and uh, that's
3: not the biggest guest. We tried to get Chris Weber on because John Hamm's not a big fan of his. <laughs> uh, Did so you we, guys
2: call a timeout on the radio show <laughs> and say, "Hey, Chris, come on over"? But it
3: didn't work out. Uh, so Steve Smith is another one also that we oh. just missed. As oh, far as big time's why are we talking about this? Because this was not the ESPN game. Well, because you showed up, and or the TNT
2: game. Uh, no, and what not. a mistake it was! Right, right. It was. This was a fun. You should always. Thunder Kings games should always be nationally televised. They're always it fun. It should.
1: No, it is. It's always exciting. It always gets down to the crunch. And you always see guys like Buddy Hill have big performances. So it's fun.
2: Uh,
3: so what's the deal with Harry Styles? Is that the kid's name that almost had a career high tonight? <laughs> Harry Giles. I'm sorry. Harry Giles,
1: Giles. Oh, Giles. Yes. Giles.
3: Harry Giles. Giles. Okay. Giles. Oh, okay. Whatever. I just, that guy. I, you know, because you know me. Whenever I go to the games, I barely pay attention to what's going on. So And people are like, Harry Styles is having a great day in a game. And I'm just like... Holy crap!
2: It's a wonderful
3: human being, I hear. One Direction really does have it going on.
2: The Kings, the Kings are going One Direction, and it ain't up.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Would you have been surprised tonight, though, if they win? And they think about no that, not at all. They're in that group of teams that could actually be in the eighth spot right now. Memphis is, but they are just hanging, hanging by a thread or hanging by a moment, whatever one you want
2: to hang by. I hanging on by a, hanging
3: by a prayer. Yeah, hanging by a prayer—that's a good one too. No,
2: I was—I was telling Madison like the last time that we came onto a post-game show, and I don't even know if Madison and I were on this particular post-game show because it was the Miami Heat back in January seven on January seventeenth. That's the last time where that's probably the most disappointing that we've been since in that time span uh, with the Thunder. They've lost games in between that, but they haven't really been disappointing. This was about to be a disappointing loss because of the lack of er- urgency and effort on the defensive side of the back of the floor. Cause there was a lot of lazy closeouts. There were a lot of no closeouts, especially on buddy healed of all players in the corner. And it just led to the Kings getting momentum, getting up to that 19 point lead. But again, the Thunder were able to turn it on at the right moment And bleeded into the fourth quarter where they are the most clutch team in the NBA, and so it didn't matter. So we're now talking about nice things.
1: Yeah, we were talking about positivity actually.
3: Billy Donovan actually afterwards, and because I, you know, I did the whole the whole nine, went to Billy and went to the uh, locker room and did all this stuff. Then yes, I did. I got you can smell the scrummy on me. Mm. I do. And Billy talked about the uh, calm. You're wearing yep. Eric
2: Horn. Ah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh,
3: the the calmness of this team, uh, the way that they sort of just you know kind of figure it out and they talk and it's very positive, like you said uh, in the in the uh, whenever they get together uh, on the bench and whatever. And he's talking about you know Chris Paul, of course, but then he sort of talked about SGA, and for a player in his second year and as young as he is, he just he says he's not like he's laid back. Like he's, not, like, he's not unfocused. He's just very calm in these situations. And I don't know if you guys have talked about it, but SGA is starting to take on that last five minutes, that last yeah. three minutes. He's starting to take on possessions.
2: Yeah, and even tonight, like, I thought the interesting thing was he was getting calls late in, late in the game in crunch time. He was getting to the basket. Great. He's had no problem doing that all season long. He was hitting layups, which sometimes he can be a little inefficient getting to the rim, but he was actually um, hitting them tonight. He was also getting the call. And of course, I mean what what you're saying about him, Jerry. Him being cool, calm, and collected, not getting too emotional here and there, not getting too down when they're down nineteen points. These are all good things. Is he going to be able to put it all together this year? No, but what they ha- what the Thunder have in Shea Gillis Alexander in terms of a, of a foundational player, all the skill sets that he has, personality that he has. That is what you want leading your franchise over the next 8 to 10 years.
1: No, I completely agree. I think he's crafty. I think that he plays a lot of smart basketball. No, he might not make the most noise out there when he is on the court, but he still makes good plays. He's still a good player to have out there, a good, reliable player. And I completely agree with Billy. He plays with such composure as a 21-year-old who's only been in the league for, what, two years? Yeah. And this is his, own, his This is his first season here in Oklahoma City, and he just—he's a leader out there. He is a natural-born leader, and like Brady said, that's exactly what this fan base wants to see in a guy who is supposed to lead this organization down the road. And so, I like what he's been doing. He has a lot of great chemistry with like those main guys like Gallo and Steven and even Chris Paul and Dennis Schroeder when he's out there. But he also is really good at setting guys like Lou Dort and Abdul Nader and even Hamidou Diallo when he's out there. He has a good sense of where these guys are on the court and he's able to make plays from it.
3: And then the, get you know get to uh, get to know him now because the ego is not there. He was asked <laughs> he was asked in the post game. Uh, you know Chris Paul is taking on a mentorship uh, with you. That was asked to him to SGA. Uh, but he also said that SGA could probably teach me some things. And so the question was asked, what can you teach, what have you taught Chris Paul? And it took a long just, um, and it really he says, and we'll put it out, out there, he says, How to speak Canadian? I don't know. I'll have to ask Chris. <laughs> so I just think that the humble, ego the humbleness of that. To, you know, what have you shown Chris Paul? I don't know. Let me ask Chris what I've shown him. That's so refreshing. Yeah, it really is. And just uh, the mix of veterans and the mix of guys like that just make this team a lot of fun to watch as a Thunder fan.
1: No, I completely agree. And, guys, we were actually about to wrap it up, Jerry, when you walked in because we've been on for a good hour now. Is there anything else you want to uh, kind of wrap up before we go? Any final thoughts?
2: I do like how Jerry sat down and then started driving the show because he was, like, doing his point guard (laughs) thing where he would, like, talk and point at us. Like, like, all right, your turn.
1: All right, now wrap it up a little bit. Old
3: dog, new tricks. Yeah. Uh, you can't teach an old. Like I said, you guys. We inserted uh, Chris Paul into the show. (laughs) I mean, let's be be 100% uh, on the level here. I'm just here so uh, Madison doesn't have to make an extra trip to take home the equipment. Oh. So just, oh. oh. just.
2: Madison's going to cry. Just, I actually might cry. just
3: <laughs> you guys letting me come on the show, especially with, uh, by the way, over there, all the people. Uh, very, very happy with our coverage. All the awesome. Thunder people talking to us, and just they were telling me because I think they think I'm in charge for some reason or whatever. <laughs> but they were telling me just what a great job that we do uh, and, and awesome. how they really appreciate it. And Good. that begins okay. with you guys uh, and what you're doing. Uh, I really appreciate what you do, and the younger people
2: appreciate what you do. And I'm sure all the
3: Thunder fans out there appreciate what you do.
1: Well, now I'm emotional.
2: Well, hopefully, everyone appreciated the show. Thank I you, everybody that listens. Too. Yeah. Truly appreciate it.
1: Honestly, big thank you to everybody. Big thank you to Flint for having us here after every single home game. That's so awesome. Even before the game, because Jerry and them do their pregame show here, and that's just super great on Flint's part. They're great people. Take great care of us anytime we come in. Good food and good drinks. If you're still down in uh, Oklahoma City and you're out and about, come see us. I don't know how long they're open, but still. Doors,
3: hey, doors you know? open, drinks are flowing, and for now on please, for the rest of your life, refer to Dave Garrett, the professional, and John Hamm, the intellectual, as Jerry and the guys. Jerry the and lo- the guys. The Jerry, of- Jerry
2: and the game. For the Dave.
3: love of God, please intro us like that <laughs> every Jerry time. Jerry and
1: friends. <laughs> but Jerry and friends are here pregame. Brady and myself are here post-game, so it's a good time. So big shout-out to Flint. Honestly, this was a fun game to cover because it always is with the Sacramento Kings. And the good news for Thunder fans is that this team is now 37-22. and They will be back in action tomorrow night in Milwaukee, and Brady and I will also have you Covered post game as well. Now, so. heads up:
2: we will have been coming back from Vanessa House. Oh yeah, for your company. So that, that should be a fun show. It, it'll be, be, a be a fun, show, fun show, everyone. everyone. That's
3: gonna be a fun <laughs> show.
1: So, honestly, what else would you be doing with your Friday night than tuning into 107.7 The Franchise to listen to us talk Thunder basketball, either a win or a loss? After a little bit of Vanessa House, so uh, it's gonna be great. It's gonna be a good time. But thank you guys so much for listening. That is gonna wrap it us or wrap it up for us here on the franchise thunder first take postgame show i never can get that name right but i'm still working on it and it is practice makes perfect people but thank you guys so much for listening and uh like we said we'll talk to you tomorrow night thank you so much to the people of flint and thank you to will warner back in studio for keeping us on the air and that is going to do it for us here on 1077 the franchise 1079 in tulsa